passage today is from Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Um, well, as I said earlier, my name's Christy um, Heilman. If anybody has trouble pronouncing that, you would be the first. Um, I have been the Gateway Kids director here for a little over four years now. Today is officially my last day. And my husband, Josh, and I have been coming to Gateway for about eight years. We've been members for a little less than that. We were trying to figure it out. We couldn't exactly remember. But it's somewhere around six or seven years of membership. Um, Josh is the very handsome silver-haired man over here in the pink shirt. He's looking behind him. Um, he is an elder here and currently our worship director. Uh, we've been married for 18 years. Um, have three kids who are all up in the back usually. Zach and Austin and Reagan are up there. Um, as for me, I love God's word. I love to teach and talk about Jesus and I'm really honored to be sharing with you guys today. Two weeks ago, Kyle did our last full message, because last week was our fifth Sunday. We had our prayers of the people, which Karen did a beautiful job with. Um, uh, Kyle talked about the golden rule two weeks ago from Matthew 7, 12. So in everything do to others as you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And today we're doing those next two verses that we just read, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Jesus is actually coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he ends with a set of warnings, which this is the first of. There's three warnings he ends with here about the narrow gate, about false prophets, false teachers, and false disciples. And as I was preparing for this teaching, I actually read through some of N.T. Wright's commentary on this passage. And he says that these warnings, they come in quick succession, kind of like road signs on a highway. He says they're sharp and worrying, and we need to take them seriously. And our focus today is on that first warning, the narrow gate and the difficult way. And before you think this is a fire and brimstone teaching, it's not. Um, this isn't about scare tactics, about scaring people into faith, because honestly, that has a really bad track record for actually working, uh, for leading to true faith in Jesus. What this is, is a teaching about freedom, about true freedom in Jesus. And real life, real life isn't always easy. It often isn't. And it's not all sunshine and gumdrops, so sometimes it is, but it is beautiful. And the best way forward isn't what we might think or what looks the most appealing at first glance. So first, we're going to get geeky with some Greek, people. Greek words. We've got two Greek words today uh, for the gate and the way. First, pule, which is for the gate, just means a gate. That's not an exciting Greek one, but pule means a gate. The way is hodos, and hodos means a way or a road, and it's used to mean a way, a road, a journey, or a path, so it's hodos. Now, if you hear the gate and the way, if you're like me, you think gateway, right? But our name actually isn't from this verse. Our name is from the area of Des Moines where we met in, which was Western Gateway, although Kyle 
has talked some about linking our name with this passage. I kind of like that idea. I think it's a good reminder that the gate is narrow and the way is difficult that leads to life. The gate and the way are two things. The gate is salvation through Jesus. The way is sanctification or discipleship, being sanctification by God to desire and do his will. There is a gate that we, and a way that lead to life, and there is also a gate and a way that lead to death. We, of course, want life. It just doesn't always look like we want it to sometimes. Sometimes the wide gate and the easy way look tempting. They look real good. The problem is they don't lead where we want to go. The gate is narrow, and the way is difficult that lead to life, real life. Dallas Willard told a story once about a woman who asked one of her pastors after church, why do you keep talking about discipleship? My sins have been forgiven. I'm going to heaven, so why do I need to be Jesus' disciple? Now, if you know me at all, I, if I was asked that question, would probably gotten a little testy. It would have been a little snarky. Not saying that's a spirit-led response. That's just my flesh would have responded that way. But if I stop and think about it, it's a fair question. Because the church, in more recent history, has done a pretty good job of telling people about salvation, about believing in Jesus to be saved, which is the narrow gate. He's the only way to relationship with God. But overall, and especially in my husband and I's experience, the church hasn't done a great job overall about after salvation. In fact, there are actually churches that specifically say they're about people being saved and not about helping people grow in their walk with Jesus. One of those pastors has a really big platform, and he doesn't make any apologies for that. He says um, he is about salvation, and they can go somewhere else if they want to be discipled. But there's a lot more to be had. After justification or salvation comes sanctification, comes discipleship, or as we say as one of our values here at Gateway, formation, being formed into the image of Jesus. That is the way after the gate. What is the gate and what is the way? Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. The gate is salvation through Christ, and the way is sanctification by God to desire and do his will. But where are the narrow gate and the difficult way taking us? Why do we want to go this way? Jesus says that it leads to life, but what does he mean? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is that life that Jesus is talking about. Later in this chapter, down in verse 21, Jesus will warn that not everyone will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of his Father in heaven. So we're going to take a quick detour to talk about the kingdom of heaven. I promise my detours aren't as long as Kyle's. Um, but we're going to talk about what the kingdom of heaven is and what it isn't. It isn't just some place far away that we go when we die. And my gateway kids uh, will remember this, that 
heaven or the kingdom of heaven is reality. It is the way things are supposed to be. I'm going to read to you um, the way that N.T. Wright puts it, and I'm not going to paraphrase this because the man needs to be read. The kingdom of heaven is God's dimension, God's sphere of existence. I note present, not simply a destination in the future. But that doesn't mean that there aren't future destinies or that yours is not going to be shaped by the choices you make in the present. And as soon as you hear that little voice saying, maybe Jesus didn't mean it. Surely he can't have been that strict. Maybe it'll all come right in the end no matter what we do. You need the next warning. The next warning is about false prophets, which we're not talking about today. That's coming up um, in future weeks. I also found Wade Berry's description helpful. He's from the Carroll Theological Institute. And again, I'm going to read this because I can't say it better than this. It, the kingdom of heaven, is not a place, although it has its origins in the dwelling place of God. It is not the same thing as going to heaven when you die, although one of its primary concerns is the eternal destiny of his citizens. Rather, the kingdom of heaven is a sphere of existence, an alternate reality that transcends the limits of space and breaks into the flow of time. This alternate reality stands over and against the reality that dominates normal human experience. Of its defining characteristic is that it is where God's will is done. Moreover, we do not enter the kingdom of heaven when we die. The kingdom of heaven broke in to the present order of things with the coming of Jesus. And although it has not yet been consummated, it can be entered in the present. So, summary. The kingdom of heaven is reality. It is the way things are supposed to be. God's space, heaven, and our space, earth, were pulled apart when sin came into the picture. But now God is bringing them back together again, making all things new. Before Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount, he told his disciples, the kingdom of heaven has come near in Matthew 4. He was talking about himself. He came, he set things in motion to bring God's reality, the kingdom of heaven. Now, after that little detour, we're going to go back to the narrow gate and the difficult way. The narrow gate is salvation through Christ. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the gate we go through to get to relationship with the Father. Jesus is the only gate that leads where we want to go. Now, I've had friends argue this point with me. Christy, that can't be the only way. How do you know it's the only way? It might be the way for me, but I can't say it's the way for everyone. But here's the thing. It either is or it isn't. It can't be both. If Jesus isn't who he says he is, if we don't believe he is who he says he is, there is no point to any of this. For gathering here, for talking about the things we do, for singing the songs, there's no point. If we don't ascribe authority to Jesus and his word, why would we follow him? The Apostle Paul laid this out in one of his letters to the Corinthian church, that if we don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he says he did to save us and lead us to life, 
What's the point? This is in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm just going to bullet point this for you guys. Paul says, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then Christ hasn't been raised either. If Christ hasn't been raised, then our preaching and your faith is useless, and we're all lying about God. If Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, then you're still guilty of your sins. If our hope in Christ is only for this life, we're more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But I'm here as a witness. I'm here as a witness to say that Jesus is who he says he is. He did die for our sins. He was raised from the dead, and we can find life in him. There is only one gate that leads to life, and it's salvation through Jesus. The Cambridge Dictionary says that in the Christian religion, salvation of a person or their spirit is the state of being saved from evil and its effects by the death of Jesus on a cross. Okay, so why call it a gate and why talk about a way? And T. Wright again for the win. In his commentary on this passage, he talks about why Jesus would have referred to a gate and a way. He says it's because there were a lot of cities that had walls around them, and there were gates to get in and out of the cities. And some of those gates were wide, where lots of people and carts and animals and everything could go through at once, but other gates were really narrow, and you had to wait your turn, go one at a time. So this would have been really familiar to the people that Jesus was talking to. So the gate that leads to life is faith in Jesus, and that won't be some big wide gate where everybody and their donkey can go through at the same time. It's narrow, it's small, and we might miss it if we're not keeping an eye out. So, we know where we're headed, the kingdom of heaven. We know the gate to go through to get there is salvation through Jesus. So what is the way? And why is it so difficult? The way is sanctification by God to desire and do his will. We are changed when we go through the gate. And we continue to be changed and formed, sanctified as we go along the way. I shared in a previous teaching I did here at Gateway that sanctification is a lifelong process. It is not just a snap and you're sanctified. This is the refining process. This is being purified and made holy as God is holy. It's refinement to have the impurities removed from us. It requires surrender on our part. For me, that looks like daily, hourly, sometimes minute by minute surrendering to Jesus, to surrendering myself and laying down my desires so that I can have my hands open to be led forward by him. And we enter the kingdom of heaven by doing the will of its king. Wade Berry from the, the uh, Carroll Theological Institute, he says, those who belong to the kingdom are, by definition, those whose lives are characterized by the kingdom's priorities. Can we really claim that we trust Christ when we are unwilling to live according to his teachings? Can we really claim to love God when we have no interest in obeying his commands? The difficult way is hearing and then obeying Jesus' teachings, even the hard stuff, 
It's doing the will of God. Remember we said the kingdom of heaven is a place where God's will is done. That is a place where I want to live. Where his will is being done, love and care for his people is being shown, that's where I want to be. But what is the will of God? Well, actually, Jesus kind of already gave us a decent-sized list. And I bet you can guess where you can find it. It's the Sermon on the Mount that we've been talking about for months now. Well, Jesus lays it out in the Sermon on the Mount previous to this warning about the narrow gate and the two warnings that are coming after this one. So let's just take a look at what, he's, what he covered in the Sermon on the Mount. It's a long list. First, there's the Beatitudes, which is not one thing. We say it as one thing. It's not one thing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. That's the first thing. Then he talks about being salt and light, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And then he goes on to tell us about how to respond to anger, to lust, to adultery, to marriage, about violence and retaliation, about loving our enemies, about giving to the needy, the Lord's Prayer, which is a whole thing, laying up treasures in heaven, seeking first his kingdom, judging others or not doing that, asking, seeking, and knocking, and then the golden rule. It's a little overwhelming to hear the whole list at once. But so much of scripture comes back to these principles. These are the core teachings from Jesus. These things are God's will for us. These are the difficult way. Is the way difficult? Yes. Is it joyless? No. Our culture sees the narrow gate and the difficult way as us like walking on something like a tightrope. And their view is that it's restrictive and devoid of joy, but that could not be farther from the truth. There is joy in doing hard things. We know this. We might not like it, but we know it's true. And real freedom, real freedom is not what the world thinks it is. What the world sees as freedom is so often bondage. Freedom, real freedom comes after we go through the narrow gate and we walk the way of Jesus. And the amazing thing, or another, another amazing thing about the narrow gate and the difficult way, they are covered in love absolutely saturated in it. Jesus opened the narrow gate with love. 1 John 4, 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 1 John 3, 1 says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. We do King Jesus' will and enter the kingdom of heaven along the difficult way through love. 
Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you may be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. If we can't love, if we don't love, if we won't love, we haven't gone through the narrow gate of salvation through Jesus, and we aren't walking on the difficult way, being sanctified and formed into the image of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, If I speak in the tongue of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but I do not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. The gate is narrow and the way is difficult that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Jesus is the narrow gate. Following him is the difficult way. But the life, the life we find in him when we enter into the kingdom of heaven will bring joy. Jesus says our joy will overflow. And along this difficult way, Jesus gives us each other, a community of believers, so we can come alongside each other, reminding each other of why we're here, of the joy that we have in Jesus, the life that we have in part now, but we'll have in full soon. Gateway, gateway. Let's walk through this narrow gate and walk this difficult way together. I dearly love you all. <laughs>